Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out. Season six, episode nine. In God we trust, all others must pay cash. Um, I love that. <laughs> I love that title. Uh, this is Book Record Beer, and uh, I am so pleased. Uh, even though it's it's of course January to be doing a holiday cast, it feels festive to see you guys, especially in this uh, unique setting we have right now. So uh, I am Nick Mahalik, and as always, I am joined by one Daniel DeFranco. Hey, I'm uh, coming through you over, over the internet. Yeah, you're on the big screen, baby. Yeah, baby. We got you pumped up. Uh, and we are. I need a picture um, of that. I need a picture of that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I absolutely will. Um, and uh, we we have our uh, annual, just uh, very special guest here, Mr. Franco Fiorini. Say hello. Hey, everybody. Thanks for thanks for having me, man. Oh yeah, I look forward to it uh, so much. Esteemed uh, educator, academic, and Christmas cast host, <laughs> uh, Franco Fiorini here. Um, and uh, we will at some point, presumably, be, be greeted and, and uh, be welcoming uh, Nick Gregorio as well. Should we take? Uh, though, should we take bets on that? Tell. What's the over? Betty by time. What's the over well, under? The, the over. Uh, well, I guess it's more like when. I, I'm hoping that it's just when, you know. Um, but uh, we'll see him soon. I hope we'll see him soon. I hope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What are we? What are we talking about? What was the cast uh, choice this time around? So, we, um, Franco and I went back and forth. I think we found this like really uh, amazingly entwined uh, group of uh, things to to talk about today. We have uh, Gene Shepard's novel "In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash," of which Chapter Two, especially, is largely the inspiration for the. The uh, now famous B film, uh, A Christmas Story, uh, and um, there's a few other chapters as well, but mostly it's, it's chapter two. So we're gonna be we focused on that. Uh, we're also uh, looking at Franco found a uh, a <laughs> classic of the Christmas musical genre, Mr. Bing Crosby himself. He has a uh, a wonderful little little album. Uh, called um a christmas story uh but the uh what, what is it a christmas story an axe an apple and a buckskin jacket. jacket yeah is is sort of the so so where we have in god we trust uh m dash or ellipsis uh we have the same for the album a christmas story dot 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 an axe an apple and a buckskin jacket and as an homage to ovaltine we have Yingling's own uh, Hershey chocolate porter. That is the that is the uh, the trifecta of item here uh, in the cast. And so um, to honor the story and and more so the movie, um, I am going to introduce these fine fellows um, as if they were uh, really sought after items. Uh, Christmas items, right? If we remember from our youth, uh, Cabbage Patch Dolls, for instance, something like that, right? Um, and so, uh, how would I introduce these cats if they were uh, really sought after holiday toys, a.k.a. a Red Rider carbine action BB 
gun with a compass in the stock. Uh, Gregorio would be uh, that invisible dog leash from the 80s. Because <laughs> you, you know what it is, but it's just, it's not here. It's just, but it's there. Apropos. But you know, you know what it is. Um, I actually, I was thinking of these at school today, and one of uh, my colleagues was like, oh, do you remember the craze for the dog leash? And I looked it up, and it was like literally 1980 that happened. So I had to tell him I wasn't alive. Um, Franco, you would be uh, PlayStation 2. Oh, right. I would introduce you as PlayStation 2 because you live up to the hype. <laughs> he, he lives up to the hype. And uh, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. Uh, you would be Beanie Babies, Ooh, and here's why: into that. Uh, because they are mul- multitudinous, mm-hmm. right? And you yourself are certainly a man with many interests and talents. Um, but they also uh, uh, appear friendly and soft, uh, but inside are filled with poisonous beans. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. I'm, you know, I'm just yeah, I'm into fucking it. around, but I, I thought that was I thought that was a good a good group for for us. I'm into it. Uh, so if I was to introduce nice. you as a sought after uh, Christmas toy, you would be the uh, Rubik's cube because oh, nice. you are kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> But, Fitting? One, but, Fitting? One, but once but once you figure you out once one figures oh, yeah. you out it just loves you forever oh 26 I love it 26 moves and and <laughs> your mind <laughs> what a satisfying and a very satisfying yeah. uh a completion it it is nicely done <laughs> i love it um just like i love you guys this is this is great i was looking forward to this for so long um let's jump in let's do it so we have uh, this book, which to give the listener a little bit of reference, um, it's it's largely biographical or autobiographical. Um, there's a lot that is is like literally taken from Shepard's life. He's like this really sort of wild personality. He was a radio DJ in New York City. He is from the town that this is. Um, set in in northern indiana uh he's about 10 years older than ralphie though so like in terms of like how we remember the movie and where that's set, the movie's sort of set in like 1940 about mm-hmm. right early 1940s 1940 itself maybe um and he was ralphie's age in like 1929 or so right so he's more of a depression dude than than ralphie was a little bit um uh, but in any case i mean 10 years in that era not not too much difference um but he writes this book, and it, it begins with him traveling from New York back to his hometown in Indiana. Um, and he goes and meets Flick, who you may remember from such episodes as Stuck Tongue to mm-hmm. Frozen Flagpole. Um, so he is now the bartender in, in the hometown. Uh, and so he meets up with Flick, and, um, and then he just starts having these sort of washes of memory uh, you know, uh, assail him, and uh, the second chapter is um, is this one uh, is is of course the one that that the the movie is based on, yeah. um, and it is entitled "Duel in the Snow" or "Red Rider Nails the Cleveland Street Kid." Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I didn't know that about um, <clears throat> what I of course I, I didn't know that about flicks. I didn't read the first chapter, um, right? 
in the uh, I don't know what I guess you call it the sequel of a Christmas story. A yeah, Christmas yeah, story yeah. It just came out story. this year. Yeah, yeah. I guess last year, right? At this point, um, a Christmas Christmas story. Yeah, they, or something. <laughs> he goes to the bar in the hometown and and flicks yep. the bartender. Exactly. I didn't know. Yep. He, didn't know it was referencing the source material. How about that? In a big way, actually, because what you're reading here is by the end you realize he he has gone back and and this is what um, he's writing because his job is uh, he's a newspaper man or he's a journalist in this in this ah. book Shepard is and he's writing about what it's like to return to these old mill towns mm -hmm. and 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 what sort of like the the population looks like and 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 how things have changed from his childhood that was like his his task from mm -hmm. the Daily Planet or whatever the fuck he worked for. Um, and so that's what he's doing. But he's really just hanging out with Flick and drinking yeah. uh, for most of it. Um, okay, so it, it begins with this bolded statement, disarm the toy industry, right? And so the, the, the chapter starts with him in this weird thing. I don't know what you'd compare it to, but uh, back in the day, uh, I think the first one actually was in Philadelphia, in like a Sears Roebuck or like a Woolworths or something where they would have these automats mm -hmm. where it was just a place that had a number of vending machines that served food. Yes. So I think a lot of people are probably familiar with this from uh, Mad Men or something, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm familiar both from watching Mad Men and also from my mom just talking about like Stouffer's, if mm. anyone's familiar, mm -hmm. had a an, an automat in Philadelphia that my mom who worked in downtown Philadelphia for Blue Cross. She was a, a claims adjuster in an insurance company. And she used to go and, and she said, like, you know, you, you'd pay your money and you'd open up these little, like, you know... Um, like a door or a drawer, drawer or something? Yeah, you know, and grab your meal that you wanted and it was hot and delicious. And uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, like, kind of bizarre to think about um, only because I, I it seems so antiquated to me. Like, even, like... I remember being a kid and going to the JC Penney or something and the vending machine had those like like the mints that were definitely like 30 years old, you know what I mean? Like that seemed like old school vending machine to me, but like an actual sandwich or something is even crazier, you know? Um, in any case, he's sitting at one of those and this woman shows up uh, and she has a big pin that says disarm the, the, the toy industry and uh, he, he writes this, this old doll dug with old lady gusto into her meal she, she was bad news. She was probably a vegetarian type who loved cats, you know, and it's it's so funny because the description of her is like we, we don't even say hipster anymore. But every Gen Z person is, is would probably have an opposition to BB guns and, and warmongering being sold to our children, which I, I'm of the mind to agree with. Um, but also there's this deep, you know, of course, uh, internet wise and other elsewhere affection for cats and, and not eating meat. And this has become sort of the standard, you know, like he would get raked over the coals for, for sentences like this, I think by the, uh, uh the, uh, the intranet right now. I don't know. Did you guys, did that strike you at all? Like the, uh, the, um, uh, very clear disconnect of, uh, uh, awareness from, uh, 1966 to now. Now that now that now that you point it out, yeah, because <laughs> we were just motoring along. Yeah, that's just like a that's a quick little blip, you know. So much of this of his writing and his voice is just it just blah, it just goes, you know. Yep. 
very, yeah, yeah. very verbose. This really could have been half as long, you know? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it, it's interesting because I think like that is how he starts it. Yeah. And it's a great way to grab you. And I just I, I, I couldn't help but think like he compares, um, you know, this woman to like she, she's trying to end, you know, BB guns being sold to kids. Yeah. It, 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 and hit her approach is in the same way as like people thought that making booze illegal would end people drinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and he gets into this really interesting discourse about how as a kid, you're just, you're, you're, you're craving blue steel. You're cra craving a weapon and stuff like that. I couldn't help but think of paintball when I was a kid it was a huge craze, Nerf guns, you know, all this stuff. Like, like, why do we, is this an American thing or is this just in general, like a thing? And he's, he's gendering it specifically to boys, right? That we just like love, uh, weapons and and war and stuff like that and and so i didn't know if if that um struck you guys at all but it, it was just it felt like such an interesting time capsule because there were so many very clear connections to now mm -hmm. in a very sort of profound way he mentions abercrombie and fitch in it do you know what i mean like a lot of these like touchstones and and he talks about how the magazine that he read where he first saw the ad for the for the uh BB gun was extraordinarily similar. It was basically doing the same thing for young boys as Playboy did for men. Yeah. You know? And ironically, or perhaps unironically, a lot of these stories in this novel were first published in Playboy. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I did not I did not know that, Russell. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> so in any case, um, I don't know. Did my my question I guess is is as as you're jumping into this, um, did these sort of like real clear like connections to now and and you know we're like nearly 60 years out um kind of strike us as as like wow this is a book that inspired something of a b movie that has become this classic i'm not sure many people have read this book at all but does that tell us something about i guess the larger question is like what art we keep and what art we esteem like mm -hmm. should we keep it all should we be reading it all because to me, I was really amazed at like how this in one chapter exposed this real weird cyclical nature of how America works. Because the woman is, is he calls her a, a right winger. Yeah, it's just kind of right? weird. Which is weird, right? In, in and of itself. And, and that made me think, I have to go back and see like where the party line was at that point, you know, because I didn't think that the, the, the that she would be associated with the right or maybe i just don't get the oh, the slang you know yeah i don't i don't know if that's true so he he actually calls her a right thinker like correct do, you, do we so. think that's so the implication she, well well i don't maybe i'm i'm maybe i'm not like referencing the right line here like i think you are i think you're so he said she there. handed me a smudgy pamphlet from some embattled group of right thinkers based of course in california i saw her as like like a correct, a ra the, like a member of the, like, quote unquote, radical left. Of yeah, like the hippies like, or something. That's, yeah, that's okay. That's what I got. That's as what well, I assume. But the right through me, and I was like, oh, because you know we go back through American history and the parties change. Yeah, and, but it's um, a capital R and a capital T for right thinkers. Like, you're yeah. part of like this group that <laughs> they are the right, the correct. This is we the correct the view correct on way things. To think about things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so scratch that. <laughs> but 
I will say it, it was interesting to see that he references, you know, Abercrombie uh, and and these these other things um, that are, are are still sort of touchstones for us now. And it it, it made me, I don't know. It it was like it, it it drew me to this idea of of what we what we keep the 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 art and and how it can help us like connect the dots to what's going on in um in america and 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 you know the world at large so here's an interesting thing that um i learned when i was uh i guess studying literature in college one of my professors said that you know a lot of the writers that we read and that we study were not part of the mainstream they were kind of on the fringe observing society Mm. Um, i thought that was kind of interesting um but now this guy if, if his stock and trade was, was as a journalist, um, that's kind of what you do, right? Except you yeah. sort of analyze the mainstream, sort of, yeah. right? Um, yeah, and if you're a radio host, you're probably criticizing it just to you know keep your listenership. And I, I just always think of Howard Stern and guys like that. Yeah, you know? so yeah, I th- as, as a lens into, into history and how it, like, you know, nothing really changes. I think that's that's a really good observation there, Nick. Um, this could have been written now, right? <laughs> it's crazy. It's and I guess also what gets me is like consumerism. Knowing that you know, like yeah, and and there was just so many things, and that was just that's how it starts. So that was what I wanted to start with. Um, but there were a lot of things throughout the chapter and throughout the novel as a whole. We were just like, wow, like have we not changed in 60 years or, or, or have things just like been uh, uh, given a different sheen and stuff like that? And the idea of art and like what we keep, like it's a wonderful life was a B movie. Yeah. Uh, a Christmas story was a B movie. You just had these, they were able to purchase the rights for cheap because they weren't big grossing movies. So these, these channels turned them into classics by purchasing them for cheap and recognizing something in them that I guess they could exploit and have on repeat, you know, yeah. whether it be sort of a saccharine uh, uh, ideology or, or, or something like that, um, nostalgia, whatever it might be, you know? Um, I mean, Shepard, in fact, uh, was one of the screenwriters on the, on the movie. Um, so he had, a, he had a hand in it. Oh, okay. um, that makes sense. For sure. So that's why some lines are lifted. I'm sure you guys noticed, yeah. like, directly. And because yeah. you have the older Ralphie narrating mm-hmm. it, and some of the lines are, like, yeah. absolutely just word for word. Um, he actually, uh, fun fact, was removed from the set because the director didn't like that he was giving, like, notes to the actors <laughs> on, like, how they, should, awesome. how they should do that character. And he was like, you can't, you just can't be doing that. And, and he was like, well, it's my story buddy and then he was like well you can't be on set anymore because it's out outrageous you're a writer you're not the director or you know you don't have the authority to be doing yeah. that shit you know um yeah like reading this um i had an experience that was close to when i picked up like uh fear and loathing hmm. and i was like i've never experienced a film and text that are so closely yeah locked in in terms of just the tone and just everything about like everything about reading this i was like this i was like the filmmakers really captured Mm -hmm. everything about the voice of this text you know and in all the characters too i felt like you know 
Like the dad is the dad. Uh, you know, oh, M- yeah. Mr. Magoo does the Dude, dad love, really well. I love the epithets for the dad that he just keeps pushing through this. Like, <laughs> yeah. the, oh, I, I mean, I have like this little like digital highlighted text or whatever. But you know, he just he calls him like all these n- names. I'm trying to like uh, my father, also an expert clinker fisher. You <laughs> yeah. know, like, like he's just got all. Yeah, it's a clinker. <laughs> one of <laughs> you can hear Magoo yeah. saying that. You know, one of the uh, and going down the, the basement. One of the great John readers. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. A John reader. Yeah. A clinker fisher, a John reader. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's so many great, like, just, yeah, oh, like man. epithets for this dude. And that, you know? yeah, like a guy that reads when he's taking his shit, just for the listener that's unaware of the context. Yeah. And we're all John readers. I mean, yeah. we read on phones now. Yeah, but like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's normalized. It's normalized now. It yeah. might have been a little bit gauche or whatever to 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 be doing that back then. You know, I don't I mean? know. The guy he, he taking taking a big. I feel like that's very normal. I don't know I, anybody. I, th- who's... I think about my son. I mean, like every morning I get up at what like five forty five. I walk upstairs because the, the house that we live in, the boys, the boys. The boys' bathroom is on the third floor. That's the one that we use. My wife uses the second floor. And, you know, that's the, <laughs> the men are, that's are the, relegated yeah, that's the to the top. Bathroom is the third floor. So yeah, I go upstairs. I hobble upstairs with my old ass legs, and I sit on the toilet for like you know a good fifteen minutes. I'm on my phone. I, c- I can only imagine that like my son's outside going, huh? There's a John Reader in there. It's been, <laughs> it's been twelve. It's been twelve. Yeah. I, you know what? And and I, I love that you bring that up because that was another thing that struck me was um, that reading this now, like literally moved me into, I think, another stage of my life. Oh, Whereas yes. before yeah, I, totally I would have thought, I'm like, fuck, I'm the dad. Right. Exactly. <laughs> before I would have absolutely identified with Ralphie because I remember distinctly putting these clues and hints all over before I even oh, saw a Christmas yeah, story, yeah. putting all these clues and hints around for what I wanted, yeah. the big thing Absolutely. that I wanted that year for Christmas. And then I got all these books all over the place with their bookmarks in them. And Gabriel knows where they exist. He knows where all of them are. He, a lot of them are in the John. And I could just picture him making a little drawing, a picture, cutting a, a, a ripping a piece of magazine or something and sticking it in the book so mm-hmm. that when i open it up at the bookmark oh yeah this is what i'm greeted with and i know very clearly you oh, yeah. like just knowing that like in a kid's head and i remember it in my head like this is the most clever shit could you even yes. fucking imagine <laughs> and yeah. and like they're gonna they're gonna be blindsided like that's literally what he's saying and now i got choked up a little reading it because i i picture yeah. and i felt myself moved yeah. to a different stage of life where i was like I'm the, I'm the dad now, and the, and he's doing this. I could totally see him doing it. And that was a really interesting experience I had reading this now. Yeah, I think that's why it's so accessible. I mean, I think you can you can identify with the various stages of things. I mean, I, I feel you, man. I'm like, when, when he – I remember watching The Christmas Story um, as, you know, like a – I guess it came out when I was a teenager or something. I don't even know what year it came out. But I was younger than I am now. I didn't have kids, you know. And, yeah. And I think it came know, out like 88. I think we're supposed to. Well, there you go. Yeah. So it was I didn't a while watch ago. in 88, but, you know, I think. Well, in the 90s, it was when it got on that 24-hour yeah. cycle, yeah. And I think that we're probably meant to access it from the protagonist's view, right? We're supposed, we're, we're meant to, like, feel like we're Ralphie, right? Absolutely. But reading this, it's like, definitely, I'm like, 
you know, yeah, the fucking furnace. God, I gotta go downstairs <laughs> and fix this shit. I got, I'm yep. fixing shit all the time. Yeah, and it's like Dad's got his eighth glass of wine or whatever. I'm like, yep. oh Jesus. Like, <laughs> I think about that. I'm like, yep. how much I'm drinking am I doing in front of the kids? Like, yeah. are they like watching me? Like, you know, yeah, it's, it's the holiday season. I'm gonna have a couple extra drinks, and they're like, well, my dad's got it. You know, like, yep, <laughs> so exactly. So it's you know, uh, yeah. What are they saying to uh, to flick at school? You know. <laughs> That's that. I mean, it's just it's it's really it's kind of it's kind of fascinating how you switch something because you do still get the adult Ralphie in the movie. He exists like he's certainly not meant to be your As focus, narrator, yeah. but he is a narrator. Years-ish, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's that's totally true. I mean, and of course it comes from we don't have to go down that rabbit hole, but it comes from that weird thing that happened in the 80s where they had this deep nostalgia for the 1950s America mm-hmm. like they had this like I mean it was it, you had you had uh, uh, that you know a bunch of movies set in the 50s at that time there was so many you know you, you, you had diner you had school ties you had um, you, you know this you had just so many the list goes on and on and on and on um, well they were just obsessed with the 50s and it might have been that that's how old the directors and the people in Hollywood had become but I think there was just this thing in the 80s about like a very and that was the thing oh I'm making a segue that also came across <laughs> here uh, and and sort of links to the album as well was like this to me was a very interesting Americana you know mm-hmm. like this was an America that I found really 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 interesting especially for the time because though it's Christmas I mean, they don't go to church there's not really a lot of uh, you know that if it was to be really Americana, like like salt of the earth, middle America thing, you think that there would be a very very large uh, religious presence in the in the storytelling, but there's not at all. No, I, I appreciate the secular nature of it. I really yeah, it. yeah. I thought that was I thought that was really really interesting, and and frankly, just like again, to Daniel's point, like this could have been written now. You know what I mean? It felt like very uh, very modern in in that regard as well and i guess that kind of moves me into like from a writing perspective what did what did we think about the the story because i always you know i tell my creative writing students especially like if you make me laugh while i'm reading your like well you have you have done something that very few people can do um and so he he did that a few times for me in this this yeah. one chapter and throughout the book <laughs> there's a bunch of things that are fucking hilarious. So I, that for me is always because it's a thing that I know is really hard and I struggle with it that I'm always on the lookout for and I knew he was going to do it because the movie's funny. Yeah. And then when I read this, I was like, wow, well well done. So that was the first thing that struck me. I was like really impressed with uh, him being able to imbue humor in the way that he did. Yeah, and I want to I want to give Daniel a lot of space here because he you, you know the two of you are writers. But I just want to add this one little thing, and then I'll shut up for a while. <laughs> but I was reading this, the PDF you sent me of of this book, uh, while my students were like in advisory doing their thing, and I was laughing out loud. <laughs> so I agree with you. Like the ability yep. to, for this text to make make you laugh is pretty cool. Yeah, 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 absolutely. What do you think, Daniel? Uh, I'm going to preface it with this thing is dripping with nostalgia. Just to your kind of last segment's <laughs> point, and, right? Yeah, yeah. And I th- think that he plays that up to effect um, to a comedic effect. Um, Mm. You know, if you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at? You know? And when you know yourself, one of the things that jumped out at me that I thought was not like a ha 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 ha, but more of a, 
like oh man that's that's the sad laugh is um <laughs> he says for the first time in my life the initial symptoms of genuine lunacy of mania set in and yep. um i thought that was just really clever of how he cuts to what makes people tick um you know introspection um yeah also on the other side of that not um you know poking fun of himself in in those kind of uh offhand ways the guys he's a little bit of a dick judging everybody yeah 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 absolutely Which, but it's it, it's so fast it never seems mean and i think if you <laughs> if you slow down yeah, it's like, that's a good observation it's like whoa ralphie you're a prick because <laughs> well, he's a kid yeah, you know I mean? he like is a kid, like, but no, but this is not he. No, this is an adult. No, I mean the voice. It, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's why it's forgiving. Maybe Daniel, I don't know. What do you it's think? it's an adult. It's it's an adult writing. What, you know, their story well, as when they were kid. Yeah, yeah. But to Young, Franco's point, I I think it is a it is an interesting approach that he took, and at the very least, an effective one where you do forgive him. Uh, because you're immediately like, yeah, this is a guy remembering it, and we know that the way we remember it is is now shaped by all the experiences we've had, right? So it's coming through that lens. But I think he does a good job of inhabiting the child to where you do just let it go. You know, I you, think you let it slide. Like he's judging the hell out of the woman in yeah. the beginning, but that's a different judgment than young Ralphie does in the chapter we read. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he does a great job of of inhabiting a Norman Rockwell painting. You think it's Rockwell? I think so. Man? Let me, let me, <laughs> and I think, I can, be, I, can, I can get down with you on that. Thing. And I think he goes, and I think he goes too far sometimes. Um, like for example, um, <laughs> <laughs> every evening immediately after supper, we would pile into the car and drive downtown for that great annual folk rite, that most ecstatic golden tinseled quivering time of all kidhood, Christmas shopping. First of all, I, yeah. I, I love that. I love that. Yeah. But wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> How do you end it there? Milling crowds of blue-jowled, agate-eyed foundry workers, gray-faced refinery men, and motley hordes of open-hearth, slag-heap, Bessemer converter, tin mill, coke plant, wadding shop, fugitive, trudge through the widely pulsing department stores, through floor after floor of shine. This sentence goes on and fucking somewhat yeah. purple. On. It is <laughs> somewhat. <laughs> but what it, what it struck me as... Um, somewhat. It struck me as like a predecessor of whatever the style of writing that led yeah. to like sort of the kind of Gonzo slash Anthony Bourdain like modern type of writing, just yeah, this. Well, that's yeah. what I was saying about Fear and Loathing, man. Yeah, I feel like maybe that's the connection too. Yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, that's true. Um, because he does that, he'll go off. And there's a few times where like, you're like, I, I like your identification of the Gonzo aspect. Yeah, I think yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, he is. He's, and you know, it's funny if you look at the the fucking picture of him on the back. He, he is. Oh yeah. Literally, uh, I don't know. Here, let me show you, Daniel. So yeah. to describe it, he's wearing like, like a, 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 a Cuban, a, a like, Cuban uh, like <laughs> hat, like a straw hat with big <laughs> mirrored uh, aviators like and and a, a gigantic stogie. Oh my god, let me see this. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
he's he's like embodying and it's you know what's so funny is like having uh you know been from bucks county and moved to new york city there's a bunch of kids that i met some who were from langhorn who literally reinvented themselves they were a whole different person yeah. you know they when they were up there they just decided like this was, was must have been something I, I thought about this like at length when i first moved because i was still like i'm from langhorn pennsylvania yeah, yeah. you know whatever so i the one kid said he was from philadelphia I was like, we went to elementary school together, buddy. But the the point is more like, I wondered, like, do you think about that as a as a kid? Like, I can't wait to get out of here because I'm gonna become a whole new person. Then, yeah. like, that's when I'm gonna be me. I'm gonna go and 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 embody this because I guarantee you, this guy Gene Shepard did not look like this when he lived in Indiana. I guarantee it. Oh no, There's no way, no way at all. Um, you know what I mean? But he might have been the same dude. And maybe this is how that dude was meant to look. And New York was his space yeah. to become it. There's, you know? there's something about the way that guy looks and the way that the voice comes off. And again, I'm being, I'm, I'm, I'm being highly critical here just because, um, you know, it's our fucking cast. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> um, he definitely has this, this tone of... I'm smarter and better than everybody else. You know yeah. what? And, and, and when he, it's so, it's so funny because when he first gets there, so in the preceding chapter, it's like four pages long, he gets in a cab um, and he, he goes, wow, this is the first time I've ever taken a cab in my hometown. And he, he gets in the cab and the guy asks him where he's from. And he has the opportunity to say here. He has the opportunity to say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a hometown boy, right? Yeah. Which for me, if I were to go to Langhorn and get in a cab and the dude was to be like, where are you from? I would go, Sesame, I'm, Sesame. I'm from here. I'm from right down the street from Sesame Place, baby. He's used to ride my bike there all the time. Oxfordi Mall. I would walk around. Uh, I, wouldn't have any, I wouldn't think twice about it, but he doesn't say that. He tells him he's from New York. Right. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't identify with the cab driver. So to your point, Daniel, I think it is uh, interesting and, and sort of telling rather that that's that's the way this dude is characterizing himself in a pretty much semi autobiographical. Uh, yeah. You know, assholes, we, we we can smell each other. I think I'd have more. <laughs> it's interesting. I actually didn't have a lot of context for reading this chapter. Um, so I actually have a clarifying question for you, Nick and, and Daniel. Did you read the rest of the book? Nah, or, just or no? just this chapter. Just this chapter. Okay. Yeah. So maybe for Nick, I, this is the same. Does he narrate the rest of the? Uh, is it a memoir? Do we call it a memoir? So it's it's he he calls it a novel. Novel. Does That's he, full does of he vignettes. Narrate the rest of the novel with the same voice. Is it consistent across the whole? Thing? Yeah. yeah. So like when the dad wins the um wins the leg the major award yeah fred Gilly. yeah um that's a later chapter okay and that shows up later oh so interesting it's as okay. if he's going back through his hometown and i think the conceit of him writing about these old dying mill towns yeah as a journalist is how all this gets sort of put together and framed yeah um and and but yeah that comes in later and he, he carries with this and he'll jump back and they'll just be vignettes of these childhood things and that's where i think three or four of them get pulled together to make yeah. Uh, a Christmas story, but um, yeah, that's how that's how that's how it gets it gets situated. So yeah, the voice does remain the same. Yeah. And uh, speaking of voices, hello, Mr. Gregorio. 
Motherfuckers on mute. You might be, <laughs> you might be on mute. <laughs> no, we can't hear you. Try, we're leaving that in. Yeah, we can't hear you. Not a word. Well, we're, baby, baby. Well, we're waiting for him we to can get see sorted. You. Yeah, you, you look there. great. So, uh, yeah. So while we're waiting for him to get sorted, um, got it. Did I get it? it? You got we it. Heard you. There he is. Hey, here Welcome. I am. So, um, yeah, I guess we can we can reel you right in here. Uh, we've been we've been in this in the story. Um, any reaction? First reaction from you? What did you think about um, you know the the Red Rider here? Seeing it, seeing it in its original form. So. I have such a <laughs> I hate a Christmas story so much. Oh wow. <laughs> I couldn't even do this. <laughs> it was just I I've hated that movie since I was Because a kid. you're because and, you're uh, oversaturated? Yeah. Well, not only that, I think it's just bad. <laughs> that's that is that that's interesting. It's, and that's uh, our podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So um yeah. Catch you next week. Um yeah. That uh No, I, I like my, my mother in law one time surprised uh me and Liz with tickets to the uh stage Yeah, show they did do that Christmas at one point. Right? That sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. And I, I don't. fucking hated yeah. it. Yeah. I don't think that's <laughs> An engagement anyone should attend. So let me ask you a question. Anyway, How far did to, you get before you yeah. just threw the uh, PDF to the side? I got, I got a, a pretty deep in, but I was, I, I just was, I, I was overtaken by childhood memories of my my grandmother being like, "Hey, you're gonna like this." And well, I, uh, all right, so I'm gonna interrupt for a second because the three of you are writers and I'm not. Um. That's not uh, entirely true. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna, I mean, I, I write. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't write fiction. Um, Nick. Uh, yeah. Not Mahalik. <laughs> Mr. Gregorio. Gregorio, um, and and Daniel and Nick Mahalik. But do you feel like the? Do you feel like the prose is is bad? I mean, I I, I, I so I know you you no, hate no, no, this, no. you no. hate the movie, right? Yes, and that permeated my reading. Okay. Um, the prose is not bad. <laughs> you know, um, I just have a, such a visceral, negative um, point of view about everything about that. Mm. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I just can't it, even you know, know, that's so funny. It's a very, like, stark contrast to my whole uh, one side of the family. Is like, that would be a tradition. We would watch it on, on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And I think because it really, really, really mimicked um, like their upbringing and like we had Christmas Eve in Edison, New Jersey every year and like the house reminded me of the house and everything was like so similar um, and frankly I do I, I've always loved the movie I thought it was hilarious and I've always I've always enjoyed it and my father always enjoyed well, it and he was always in a really good mood um, whenever it was time for that to turn on you know and stuff like that so I'm very fond all my memories are very fond uh, of it. Well, if it makes you feel any better, my favorite Christmas movie is Jingle All the Jesus Way. So, like, Christ. don't take my point of view for. <laughs> I wish you would have led um, with that. I think that would have that would have made the, our whole perspective. I know. I see, I know. I've seen it, but what, what's the who? It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh Christ! Oh my! Trying yeah. to get, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I introduced us all as uh, those really sought after toys, like Tickle Me Elmo and shit. 
Um, yeah, and then oh, he's going he goes after, after the, the uh, fucking toys. After yeah, the like the like yeah. space it's a guy. Show. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> No, it's not. Yeah, no, that I um <laughs> I can't remember I, from a lot of curse. That's such a I watch that oh wow all the time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well now oh, well. So we, you really you have characterized to take my... yourself quite well <laughs> yeah, with listen, that one well, That's like telling me that you go you, that, that's like telling me you like you're steady you're on a steady diet of cruise sh- of like cruise ship like buffet and that you don't <laughs> <laughs> like, come on now. <laughs> it's, it's well listen, like, I, I'm a big fan of And you of, don't uh, like Le Beckfond. Like like, <laughs> like what am I supposed to do with that <laughs> listen i am i'm a i'm a guy that likes a lot of good stuff and then a guy who likes a lot of trash and i'm well aware yeah, of it he's got I, that I, mean, I will say that like the christmas story to me and i'm with you nick like i was never a huge fan um it always feels like a caricature of it, it, uh, the 50s themselves seem like a caricature to me as a, as as an idealized yeah American i mean in a way. i yeah. mean come on like you know right down to like watching like my grandmother put up her like tinsel and tree that was clearly from the 50s and listening to my mom go on and on about all uh, whatever she goes on and on about you know but i mean like the christmas story seems in particular like like an like an extreme caricature of things and and that's hard to take yeah. you know yeah. I actually i enjoy reading this render, the, you know, the, the not the filmic rendering of things, but watching, reading the source text more than the film because I felt like, oh, the film tried to capture as much as it could this. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so, so I'm, I'm with you, Nick, to, to in a big in a big yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah, and like, and I, I know I'm off topic here, but you, you just mentioned like you guys mentioned like current like hanging out in the family with Christmas. Like we did like white Christmas. Like that was, that was yes, our thing. Me too. And, My mom you know, every year. Yeah. Um, and that's why I love fucking Bing. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to talk about that. Um, Sister. So the, Sister. Uh, the interesting so thing, good. I think we, we just have to mention, cause it's this year and this is the year it came out. Uh, but a Christmas story, Christmas uh, was filmed um, I think almost exclusively in like Kazakhstan or something like that, where like everywhere there looks like 1970s America. Wait, what? Yeah. So when I was watching it, um, there was there were all these what I thought were Polish or Russian names. And then it was going through and that was like the whole staff of the of the um of the you know at the at the end in the credits wait this like, fucking movie was filmed in kazakhstan no 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 the 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 newest sequel oh, that I just came that. out okay. um <laughs> uh, yeah and 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 it was like um it was like what what is going on uh, so it was filmed i'm sorry in bulgaria they literally That's recreated different. cleveland street it is different i, I apologize <laughs> uh <laughs> they 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 re- recreated Cleveland Street, but whenever they went anywhere, because Bulgaria looks like 1970s America, they didn't have to change any of the storefronts or anything, dude. It was all the same shit. And when you look, if you watch the credits of A Christmas Story Christmas, which isn't great, I don't really recommend it. But if you if you just scroll to the credits, there's one thing that says Carpenters. And it, the the list of carpenters goes on for pages and pages. And I was like, I was sitting with my sister because Jill had passed out. And I was like, I was like, Jackie, 
where the fuck was this filmed? Because all I'm seeing is, is like Polish names, you know, and, and they literally, they made Cleveland Street. So they made the house, wow. they made Cleveland Street. And that's why you get to go actually into the Bumpus's yard in this one. Like there's a lot more. Oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's, I wouldn't recommend it. It, it, it basically, it, it, the premise of that is that he has saved enough money to take a year off to write and to be a novelist. Mm. And he's written a novel and he sends it out and, um, you know, just does it matter if I spoil it? Does anybody give a shit? Spoil the Christmas story. A Christmas story. Well, Christmas. Like about, he's like, I'm done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've had enough of this. The the, uh, <laughs> the Christmas story. Christmas. He 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 basically uh, uh, his father uh, passes away, and he has to write the obit. And what he writes is My Old Man, which becomes a Christmas story. Oh, okay. So he's written what he's written is, is a short story that then gets picked up by like every major newspaper um, yeah. at the end of the story. And then it becomes what we now know as a Christmas story. So I, I, I actually thought the end was really good, but everything in between was like smack your head against That's the wall. Conceit. Yeah, it, it was. They had such a good idea. And I think it comes largely from from the book. Um, because that's what sort of this yeah, becomes, okay. you know, right? Anyway, <clears throat> in any case, um, I think that it is a very, a very fascinating time capsule. Mm-hmm. In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. Uh, I love Daniel's reference to sort of the gonzo journalism or these echoes, or not echoes even, the sort of these, these <laughs> primordial whatevers of, of this style of writing. Um, and I, frankly, my final take on it is that um, I'm really glad I read it because I love reading anything that makes me laugh. Anything funny that is also sort of giving me insight into how our country works. Um, you put those things together and, and, uh, and I'm all for it, you know. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed it. And then to have this really sort of deep connection and nostalgia um, with it was, was sort of the icing on the cake for me. So I really um, enjoyed it. That's my final on that. Uh, my final thought is uh, not as harsh as I was um, critiquing it earlier. Um, like I said, I started off saying this thing is dripping with nostalgia, and I think that's what makes A Christmas Story for me, that the movie, and then even this, um, very, very heartwarming. And there was a, a passage that, what's the guy's name, Gene Shepard? Yeah. yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. I think this is this plays to his strengths of he knows when to slow down and when to, um, I don't know, not have a litany of, you know, 17 adjectives uh, in a row. Um, so here's, I'm going to read a, a small passage because I think this is really at, uh, you know, underneath getting your, your eyes shot out and all that, all the shit that we kind of associate with it. Um, yes. A Christmas story and this is really about family and about giving. So, that's true. Yeah. Finally, it was all over. There were no more mysterious packages under the tree, only a great pile of crumpled tissue paper, string, and empty boxes. In the excitement, I'd forgotten Red Rider and the BB gun, but now it all came back. Skunked. Well, at least I had a Frankenstein face. And there was no denying that I scored heavily with the Simonis and the Atomizer, as well as the Zeppelin. The joy of giving can un- uplift the saddened heart. And that's such yep. a good moment. That's it's like everybody's kind of, um, you know, in that that haze, like after like a big meal. But it's you know yes. Christmas morning, 
just the rubbish. Everyone's laying around. They think it's over. And then, boom, my father bent over from his easy chair, his eighth glass of wine in his hand. Eighth glass of wine. Love the little subtleness. Six eight. Yeah. Six eight. Yeah. So Um, Say, don't I see something over there stuck behind the drapes? And then, you know, we get the, um, after this moment of tenderness, we're right back into, into the action. Um, so I think that that is, yeah. that is the mark of a Capitalist skilled writer. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And you know what? That was actually a note that uh, I made, too, was that uh, a good chunk of this chapter focuses on him and his brother and, and him and his buddies talking about what they're going to get their families. for. Yes, Christmas. it does. Yeah. It, there's a bunch of a bunch of times throughout the, the, the chapter where where they talk about that. I was I was I was surprised, actually, that it had such a presence in the chapter and the book. Uh, but it's removed from the movie entirely yeah. because the Zeppelin's a gift that his parents give. There's actually no the kids don't give any gifts in the in the in the movie at all. Right. There's none of that. And this is that you've really pinpointed like a, a really tender uh, scene. They do, I think, in the movie, do a good job of replicating that haze. But yeah. it's more a haze of like, you know, greed, almost like yeah. ripping everything <laughs> apart. And then they're, you know, but this is actually a much more tender moment. And I, I like that you point that out because I, I agree. That was something that I did make a note of like, wow, they're talking about what they're going to get their family a lot. You know, that's a big piece of it. Excellent. All right. Anybody else final thoughts before we move on to good old Bing? Hated um, it. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel that the movie is very. Um, it feels mean spirited to me. This did not. Um, <laughs> um, I, Imagine I, if that's I'm what sorry. they were aiming for. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. We're going for mean. I know, right? It just, it just feels reel these kids fucking in? mean. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I got. Bring on All Bing. Right. Let's talk about Bing. Ear candy. Good old Bing. So, um. This is a, a pretty fascinating album for, for a few different reasons. So Golden Records is like literally trying at this point in 1957 to sell, you know, this to kids, right? They're, they're trying this new approach. In fact, they had a deal with, I think, Goodyear Tires where they had a cardboard <laughs> version of the record that the kids could put on their child's hi-fi and you got it for free if you bought X number of tires uh, around this time. It was like a promotional thing, right? So they're literally trying to sell, because there's really, I mean, in my estimation, there's really only one Christmas song on this. There's a whole story um, that is, is I think it's just, it's loosely tethered to Christmas, could we say? <laughs> the, the axe, the apple, and the... The uh, buckskin, jacket. buckskin jacket is is loosely <laughs> tethered in all the songs therein to Christmas mm-hmm. because it happens to take place at Christmas, um, but the the only Christmas song is is obviously the first track and then it's reprised version at the end. Um, this is the Americana that, and I love that this was what we chose, but because we didn't intend it, right? We didn't even listen to it before we really said this is it. This juxtaposes in God We Trust All Others Pay Cash so much because yeah. this is like the Americana shoved down your throat. You know, we're courageous. We are strong. Mm-hmm. Right. We are we are um, uh, 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 clever. All this all this stuff uh, because we have Johnny Appleseed. 
we have Paul Bunyan and we have what's his Davey, name? Davy Davy Crockett. Davy Crockett, right? So all those like archetypes of a, 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 a Americana mm-hmm. uh, that like, and the whole story uh, that Bing's talking about and then singing about is about clearing land. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like getting rid of trees, clearing land and uh, and 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 making space for for us Americans to take up. Um, so, oh, man, I I really I was so, so surprised once I got into it at like what this was actually about and that this was marketed as a Christmas album. Uh, it kind of blew my mind a little bit, but it made perfect sense. 1957, white picket fences. This is what we're selling you you know what i mean like this is this is what was flying off the shelves this was the number one album when it came out yeah i mean uh, yeah selling for two and a quarter bing bing was a rock star you know like he was you know anything he put his name behind i'm sure everyone was picking up off the shelves right yeah the interesting thing to me is um i wonder I i would love to have like a sociological perspective on like what was happening here in Mm. terms of the subject matter right like like why pick that yeah it's like are we i'm trying to figure out like the the whole i'm trying to figure out the relationship between like the eastern and and western like you know um coastal you know, more like metropolitan regions of the United States versus like the Midwest. And yeah. like, you know, it feels like it is like trying to cater to mm-hmm. this, you know, um, by bringing in Paul Bunyan and like, you know, all the, all of these like folklore legends, like it's, it's trying to like get us to someplace else. And, and what that just makes me think about is like, no matter where you are in, in history, you're always trying to like reach for some other place or time. Yeah. in some ways mm-hmm. and 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 i don't know maybe that maybe maybe the buckskin jacket the hatchet and and the apple and and you know whatever like maybe those were maybe it wasn't a reach maybe that was what was the norm regardless of where you were in america in the 1950s or wh- when did yeah when did it come out 57 57 so 57 late yeah. 50s right yeah, yeah. but it feel it just feels <laughs> like it's their it's that generation's version or that year or or decades version of a reach to something that's more simplistic or more like elemental in terms of like a state of being i don't know yeah Yeah. i i think that um so if the album came out when you said 57 ben crosby was born in 1903 so he was you know mid 50s which you know in 1957, you might as well. He'd have. been rocking the Christmas scene since 45. Dude. Yeah, now smoking that pipe. Yeah, um, <laughs> it offers a nostalgia for, um, frankly, old people who were alive yeah. back when things like Manifest Destiny and um, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, no colors allowed mentality was right. like just par well, for the, the course. The in- spelling Indian with a J. Yeah. So whiteness. I think Engine. I think that that there's something I don't know there's that that underbelly that's just so ugly about Americana uh, yeah it, it just it, it just kind of 
pours out of the stereo when he's with all the Davy Crockett yes. and Paul Bunyan. I'm like, Jesus Christ, yeah. that is the tone is pandering. Yeah, yeah. it's very like, yeah, yeah. it's like well, ah, also, I, like my I know my grandfather who you know an old Jed or like yeah. the kid's name. It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh man, and you know what's funny too is like I was thinking so 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 each of them like Bunyan is strength. Uh, de- uh, uh, Johnny Appleseed is hope, and and Paul and um, uh, Crockett is courage. Right, that's what they're meant to represent. Uh, those oh, are, I didn't know that. Man. Yeah, well, and, that's a good read. Yeah, and 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 those are are also like at one point in the song, I think I think they get touched upon as well, right? Like that that they represent these things, or that oh, they yeah. they're a part of these the, this these bigger ideas, these abstract ideas. And so what's interesting there is like. I think about the kid who's old enough to be listening to Bing here, who the target audience for this album is probably a kid whose father served in WW2 as well. And so you have this real, real like large influx of like uh, uh, American pride and, and mm-hmm. perhaps even exceptionalism and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And that idea yeah. is like very present in these three characters yeah and I this mean, is what yeah. we are we're 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 strong we're courageous and and and, and we have hope for for yeah. for america and 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 the the way that we see our future and stuff so in any case that was what resonated for me but i love daniel you pointing out that uh that it's also nostalgia for the people that were grew, grew up with manifest destiny and that whole yeah. that whole idea too so maybe it's a bridging of of the the two perhaps yeah i think about my uncle so yeah you know, he was born in uh 51 and so like i i think perfect example perfect example of the, of the kind of kid you're talking about nick right like uh, his father served in world war ii he is six years old seven years old when this comes out yep you know i the stories I hear about my uncle when he was a kid was he had a fucking like coonskin cap. Yep. You know, Danny Davy Crockett was mm-hmm. a hero. Slingshot. Like, yeah. I mean, this yep. was the, that that of that generation. That was leave it to Beaver type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean that that was the first thing that really struck me about this was like, holy shit, you've sandwiched this Americana <laughs> like just really boldly. In between the same song, mm-hmm. which is a pretty good song. <laughs> Should we talk about this song? Let's talk I mean, about the like, song. It's a pretty good song. I, I I was I mean I was a fan of it. Um, I think that uh, as far as 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 Christmas songs go, it carried that same sort of like binginess. If 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 you'll allow me. No, that's yeah, um, that's good. That's a perfect way to put it. <laughs> It yeah, had some I mean, bingdom to it. Yeah, he'll fuck you with his words. Was Bing Crosby a good I mean, guy? Was he a good guy? No, he was a bad guy. Very bad guy. Yeah. There is that hilarious whenever I Great hear golfer. Bing <laughs> whenever I hear Bing Crosby, I oh man, I cannot help but think of the family guy, perhaps sole reference to Bing Crosby, where they're talking about hitting children and he pops out of like stage left and he goes <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you what to do. You got to hit him with a sack of Valencia oranges because it doesn't leave a mark and it teaches him who's boss. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my, that's my only – When I, I don't know if that's true, well, if he was, I, like, I, beating his children. But, I mean, I actually that's think that the sounds only thing I have reference to. I think he was a, a – I think Family Guy always bases their stuff in some at least nugget of accuracy. I believe he was a rabid womanizer and abuser um, okay. who had a, a, a voice that could – just 
pour sweet sugar right into them eardrums. Yeah. Um, but I actually, <laughs> I, my, my mom Christmas. had an how uncle who, who literally thought he was Bing Crosby. So I have a deep familial connection <laughs> to Bing. <laughs> he just, he just like had a personality. He was sort of? so fucking out of his mind. <laughs> he thought he was Bing Crosby. Like he would show up with That's... his hat. And sing. Wow. Oh, yeah, he was out of his fucking mind, man. <laughs> wow, that's so cool, though. Yeah. Like, what a weird, weird What a weird thing. Well, it, you know what it does? Yeah. It really it explains a lot of what's going on up in my custard, too. You know, right. not that I'm like yeah. a, you know, but my God. Right. Mental health has been a long, a long story. <laughs> yeah. Um, All these avenues. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's, that's so funny, though, just to have a dude who really, like, embodies. Oh, yeah. Another dude when the other dude's still alive. Oh yeah, like <laughs> Bing was sure still alive. making movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but how lovely is Christmas? Good song. I I I really I really enjoyed it. I did not expect that it was going to be a story about these fables. There you go. What do you guys think? Reaction to the fables? I, I kind of. I, I mean, the lyrical content aside, the um. The tone of the of the the EP, the album was, I was kind of into it. Really, so let me ask you a question because this actually was something I wanted to talk about: clarinets, mm-hmm. flutes, yeah, and a high pitched male voice. Yeah, is the makings for nineteen fifties soundtracky stuff in the movies and on stage, clarinets flutes high-pitched male voice yeah. right yeah you know th- those three things are all there and i'm not talking about bing's voice i'm talking about the other dude that sang the songs with him on a bunch of them it's a very it's a very specific sound that is of that era and you're that so you dig that because i that's something where I, i'm almost going to take a gregorio stance on this that's that's something that like i remember from those uh, early disney cartoons mm-hmm. and um um uh, a lot of that era stuff and i can't stand it mm. i just i the the second i hear the the the, the flute and then the clarinet <laughs> backs it up i go get the fuck out of here i i man does that annoy me. i don't know what it is like give me a bassoon or, or you know yeah. what I mean? like something something else <laughs> yeah the, those... something was wildly suspicious suspic- oh my god specific <laughs> as a bassoon <laughs> Give me a double reed, low register. Yeah, yeah. Give me some, yeah. I, maybe that's what I like. Give me a Barry. I, you know, some, some. Uh, I don't know. I just think you know to say say the word again. There's something nostalgic about it, um, mm. and I think that's more what drew me in. Um, sure. I guess there's an innocence, you know. And I just read this, and then I listened to the album. So there's this pull to you know an, an innocent time or something that is marketed as an innocent time. Um, yeah. That said, when it comes to Bing Crosby, I could take him or leave him. I think the only reason I have um, an ear like that is like, oh, there's Bing Crosby, is because of the David Bowie uh, um, yeah. duet. Mm, yeah. I, I don't. Yep. I don't think our generation would give a shit about Bing Crosby if we didn't have that little drummer boy. And you know what's funny about that, Bowie. Did not want to do that. I don't think he did it for his. Un, for his neither mom. of them wanted to do it. I think his mom was a big fan of Bing. Yeah, and that's why he did it. Yeah, it was either his mom or his kid. It was one I, of them. He did it. For I think it was his mom or like Anne or grandma or something. It was not him. Maybe yeah, yeah. yeah. 
It was not him. No, he actually was like, uh, and he uh, and he didn't want to do Drummer Boy either. He was like, "Fuck this song," yeah. you know, because of all the impl- you know stuff. Stuff. I think too. what's better than yeah. this album though is when um, Will Ferrell and um, oh Jesus Christ, Walk Hard guy, uh, the other guy, Step Brothers. <laughs> No, oh. I know who you're talking about. John I C. Riley. Yeah, Jesus Christ. There you go. Where, done. where they did they did the beat for beat recreation. Yes. Of. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Big Pros- fucking Bing Crosby, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he fucking and David Bowie yeah. as Will Ferrell as David Bowie just yeah. throws down his Christmas tree. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's true. I just watched that the other day. It's so funny, man. Oh, that's good. yeah, good reference. I um I I agree with you to it to it. To a degree, I think White Christmas, Bing Crosby, White Christmas is a really good album. And that was so popular that the master got worn out. Did you know that? No. Yeah. We're dropping yeah. a lot of fun facts. Here. You know, I found this pretty cool website that's got 15 surprising facts about Bing Crosby. It's called Wikipedia. Mentalfloss.com. Oh. <laughs> Give to it or don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I, I. I really don't have much more to say about the album because I was just frankly, I was so surprised that it was a storybook and that it was mm. sold to children and marketed to children in this way. And I love that we've kind of stumbled upon or, or recognized like who the actual audience yeah. was and, and what perhaps the purpose was like you're, you're, you're using Bing. When was he born? 1903. Yeah. Wow. That's wild to me for some reason too I don't understand why I, I like that that he's as old as he is I like that it was only 21 minutes long the whole thing yes yeah, it did move yeah <laughs> it did really move <laughs> and you know what I actually thought it was going to be that thing where the one person buy gets rid of something that they really value to buy something for the person they love and the person they love gets something that they value to buy something for the other person and both of the people are buying things to Work with or enhance the thing that they value that they got rid of, like you know little old Henry, little uh, like gift, a of, gift of the Magi, oh, exactly, <laughs> gift of the Magi. Um, I thought that's where this this was going to go, but then it wasn't. It was just a kid who's probably really cold, hallucinating these Americana heroes, and and then yeah, he's got the bl- getting his getting his Christmas gift. Yeah, he's got know. the black lung. He's, he's <laughs> I think I got the black lung. Eating pump. a can of peas. Yeah, doors wide open, just waiting for his parents who haven't showed up. <laughs> this thing was probably yeah. a seven-inch, right? I would imagine. I mean, it was a cardboard record in one iteration. Yeah, so yeah, ten minutes per side. You know, that's there you go. Yeah, you st- stick that in your in your stocking. I actually read a whole bunch about like how they. There's so many versions of it. It was so weird, but I forget what they were. In any case, thanks for bringing that shall up. Shall we move forward? Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we are moving on. To a Pennsylvania, a Pennsylvania staple, America's oldest brewery, Yingling from Pottsville, PA. All right, we're looking at the, uh, oh man, what an array on the table here. The Yingling Hershey's Chocolate Porter, both Pennsylvania staples here. Baby! Talking about (laughs) a porter, which... uh, Daniel, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a couple hundred year old recipe from England. Sounds good to me. Which is, uh, uh, you know, called a porter because it was a 
fan favorite of the working class and namely porters. Yeah. Uh, and so that's where you get that connection. Um, you know, these are. It's actually um, uh, his name was uh, Lord Randolph Porter. You're messing around. Um, he was. He had his own brewery. Oh really? He's a gentleman, Lord Randolph Porter. God damn! I cannot tell if you're fucking with. Yeah, that I can't either. This is pretty good. That's <laughs> <are. laughs> really good. Um, Lord Randolph Porter. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. So Lord Randolph Porter, according to Daniel, uh, has has in, invented the porter, 200 plus year old uh, recipe. Uh, uh, you know, in England, it's it's starting in the late 1800s, and yeah, frankly, or in the early 15 early 1800s. 15 kilometers outside of Manchester. And uh, Yingling picks it up like a couple decades later because theirs is about 200 plus years old as well. So they've been doing it for a while. They're black and tan. Son bitches. I think, uh, yeah, I know. I hate that <laughs> shit. Um, it's funny because my this was my, uh, the porter, the Yingling porter was my uh, grandmother's favorite beer. Uh, she was from Shepton, which is about 30 minutes from uh, Pottsville. And uh, this, this was her. So I, I have a, there's a little bit of nostalgia here, but we also picked it because of its ode to Ovaltine uh, or chocolate beverage in some kind. So we have a, we have a chocolatey beer here, chocolate beverage. Um, and you know what? Hometown bars and breweries and, and, and all the rest. So um, cheers to you, to you guys. I am glad to see you. Wish you were here. I'm gonna wait till uh, till Nick get or, or Nick till Franco uh, uh, joins me in a moment oh to, to actually clink them. Nick, what are you drinking before we do a clinky? So I thought this was uh, fitting. I have tired hands, eggnog double milkshake IPA. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah, double milkshake's a good one. You got a spoon? Oh, let me tell you, it it fucking or tastes a like milkshake eggnog. straw. <laughs> Oh really? Oh yeah, it's good wild. stuff. It's wild. When did you pick that up? <clears throat> My buddy gave it to me last week. Oh nice. You guys, nice. I haven't seen it. I I went there a few weeks ago, but I didn't see it. Do you know why they call their their brewery Tired Hands? Why is that? Because that's what happens to your hand because you guys jerk them off so much. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck. Go to a different oh come brewery. on! It's just ba- it happened to be back to back cast, and the one I picked three, well, for the Halloween cast was really appropriate. <laughs> it was it was Hail Santa, what right? The fuck so it was like, the season, but also Hail Satan, yeah. and the ABV was six point six six. It's got red, I mean, it's on. got green, it's got eggnog. It's Christmas, baby. <laughs> Relax. What are you What are you drinking, fishing fishing guy with the cat peeking out? Just a nice little oolong tea. Nice cup of herbal tea. Awesome. All right. Got to drive to the airport. Fucking dork. Cheers, I got, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got to drive in a few minutes. <laughs> All right. Um, you know what? I I like my. I, I would say my favorite Yingling is the Black and Tan, uh, followed by this, followed by the Lord Chesterfield. The Yingling Lager, I I, I must have overdosed on. It. I don't know if you guys had this experience. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. like it. Remember when it became wildly popular? Yes. When we were younger, like yeah. middle and high school, yeah, because I actually think that, I feel like they changed the recipe. I, they had to. Like, they it, did to Rolling Rock. Yeah, I mean, I know they did to Rolling Rock because I used to just, drink those it, ponies it just way back. Stopped tasting the way it used to. Dude, I'll tell you this: I brought ten cases. Talk about a, a, a foolish, foolish thing to do. This is my flick moment. 
right? I brought 10 cases of glass bottle yinglings to senior week in high school <laughs> to play <laughs> beer pong with because I thought it was the classy, you know what I mean? Like I thought I'm doing everybody a solid. Mm-hmm. Do you know how long they lasted? They lasted the whole week because we had to buy beer that you would play beer pong with because nobody wanted to play it. Yeah. It was ridiculous. It was so gross. I remember we just got full and felt gross, and it happened to be the same week that the McGriddle came out. So we were eating tons of McGriddles. Ooh. It was oh, what a bizarre scenario. McGriddles and case, yingling, huh? Yikes. Ying, yeah, yingling, I think I overdosed on, but these other sort of iteration or variations of it, I, I, I enjoy. I like this one a lot. I like that it finishes with the chocolate, and I'll leave it at that because, you know, it's, 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 just, it's a porter. It's a beer. You know, it's like it's got a little chocolate. Uh, to me, anyway. I don't know, Franco. Do you have a different analysis of it? I, that, no, no, that's no, what no. I'm, I think it's great. And, uh, and I totally agree with the um, just like <laughs> – ubiquitousness of, of yingling if you grew up in in the areas where we did and i mean like all you, to me like what yingling says to me is like uh working in and playing in bars in the early 2000s yeah. and yeah. like just you didn't even have to say yingling you just go into a bar and be like i'll have a lager yep and yeah. exactly yes what you were doing. Yeah. i remember my buddy's older brother said that to us because we were too young yeah to be playing but we were playing and he was like, listen, man, if yeah. you want to drink at the bar, just go, give me your local give, lager. Give me a lager. Yep, give yeah. me a lager. And Actually, you, I went that, to the rib. I was in the in, in the Bridgeport Rib House for any of you local listeners. Oh, baby, like, baby, uh, baby. A couple, <laughs> couple weeks ago. And I was I was dismayed because I went to the bartender. I was like, I noticed they had yingling on tap. I'm like, that's what I'm drinking tonight. I'm going to try. I'm going to do it. It's, <laughs> 15 years later, I'm going to do this. And I said to the barkeep, I'm a lager. And they're like, what? I'm like, oh, which oh, one? It doesn't work anymore. It yeah. doesn't work anymore. Well, yards I'm too old for this shit. Yards might have came <laughs> in there, swooped in, or Philly, you know, Philly Brewing, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, I mean, that's 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 Yingling. It's a local, and uh, you know, I wish I'll say this. I wish that we had here the pub culture that birthed this style of beer, the porter, yeah. right? I, I well, that's yeah. one thing I do I'm wish I wish we had. I uh, this is a little R.I.P. But the Langhorn Hotel, built in I think <laughs> 1792, uh, which was my local for years, uh, is being sold. It's up on Redfin and Zillow and all these things. It just popped up on my thing mm. as a business to buy, and I was like, wow, because the inside is set up like a a, a um, English pub. Oh, wow. It's got the booths. Nice. Whatever they're called, yeah. all that stuff. In any case, booths. The booths, you know. Oh, happy so you holidays, can, yeah, happy holidays. Um, what do we think? Do we have a, uh, a final, final thoughts or or a rating system of sorts? I know we have. I, uh, I got a rating system. You know. I have a final thought. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Dan. No, no, no. You do your final thought, man. Oh. Uh, and it, it harkens back to the book. Oh, it harkens back, he says. <laughs> you are back. such a and monster. It, <laughs> and it's a quote. It's a quote, but Santa's warm, moist breath poured down over me as though from some cosmic s- steam radiator. Santa smoked camels, like my Uncle Charles. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I didn't know where it was going. That's great. That's Santa good. smoked camels, like my Uncle Charles. I just saw a picture of me and my grandfather. 
camel right on his shirt. <laughs> Fucking right, man. Yeah. Oh man, that's hilarious. Oh, nice. Uh, Daniel, what's your what's your system? All like? right, I give um, Duel in the Snow of Red Rider Nails the Cleveland Street Kid. Is that Red Rider Nails or Hales? Yeah, the Red Rider. Red Rider Nails the Cleveland Street Kid. I give the story um, ten out of twelve major awards. Nice. Nice. I like it. I give the the Bing. I give that um, five out of twelve major awards. <laughs> Rightfully so. And I give Yingling Lord Randolph's uh, Porter, uh, fifteen kilometers out of Manchester. I give that. <laughs> He's fucking. That's such bullshit. He's really, I know it now because he can't give a straight face. Son of a bitch. Anything Yingling, I gave a, a six out of twelve major awards. <laughs> Man 500, baby! It's neither good, That's neither bad. It just does what it needs to. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Gregorio, what do you got? Well, how oh, many God, out of what? what 12? 12. You, 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 you devise awards. your own metric. Yeah, I'm going to do a... <laughs> 12 days of Christmas, motherfuckers. Jesus, oh, a theme. Oh, that makes sense. Well, do we, we are a little far removed from this anyway uh i got four out of 12 major awards <laughs> for the story um I, I, I love bing i love bing i'm gonna give 10 10 out of 12 why not wow wow bing gets 10 out of 12 and the story only gets four. i'll tell you why i love Holy bing shit. the familial connection i have to bing crosby <laughs> Your uncle Bing, my, my great uncle Bing, of course, smoked camels. Yeah, he he wound up in a, you know, probably got half his brain cut out. That poor son of a bitch. Anyway, oh god. <laughs> uh, and then talk. I'll give this uh, this fine tired hands eggnog milkshake, which has quickly gone to my head. Uh, it's a dipper. That's cloudy it? as fuck. Oh, it sure yeah. is. Look at that. Yeah. Um, this is a this is a, a ten out of ten. Twelve. 12 out of 12. 12 out of 12. 12 out of 12. I said 10 out of 12. 12 out of 12. It's an even dozen. Nice. (laughs) Rago, what do you got? Oh, um. Yeah, story. uh, I'm going to go 10 out of 12 on that one. I really love the voice of it. Um, The album. Yeah, 8 out of 12. And the beer. Uh, eight out of twelve. Yeah, sure. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you guys lead there. I'm gonna agree with you to give this story a ten out of twelve major awards. I'm gonna give Bing. Uh, I'm gonna give him a five out of twelve yeah. major awards. Uh, I'm gonna give the beer seven out of twelve major awards. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Fan fucking tastic. I am uh, always delighted to see all you guys. Yeah. Especially you, Franco, on our <laughs> holiday cast. Ooh, especially me. Yeah. Especially you, man. <laughs> what a treat. I, I love it. Look forward to it. It is a, it is a treat. And um, I hope, uh, dear listener, that you will um, not just go and read and listen and drink the things that are insanely popular but try and 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 pull from from the the uh tributaries of those large rivers and streams well said 
That was nice. Thank As you. As he walks around the corner to buy more tired hands. <laughs> Can't say I didn't think about it. <laughs> I love eggnog. Didn't have any this year. <laughs> Nick put it put it in my head. God damn it, dude, it's good. Um, <clears throat> I believe you. I believe you. All right, but it was uh, it was it was wonderful. Sincerely, hanging out. And, uh, and hopefully soon we'll all be in the uh, the same room once more. Yeah. It has been great seeing you yeah. on the big screen over here. I love your and setup I, in there, by the way. I just wanted to tell you. Thank you very much. Beautiful. Yeah. Good old Bill, Bill hanging out. There he is. Right in the middle. There's a the guy. Yeah. Got an enormous poster of Bill Murray, dear listener, right in the middle. And then uh, my old van <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> yeah. In any case, uh, Nick, do you want to – Hit us with the socias. Yes, I, I recorded this Zoom, uh, and I'm, I'm going to see if I can't try and, 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 and uh, stitch together a, a little highlight of this, this cast. I've been wanting to do it for quite some time, okay. and this seemed to present itself with uh, the opportunity to do so. Well, you so. can't post it on Instagram because Daniel got us kicked off of that shit. That's true, yeah. Dear listener, <laughs> if you've been looking. Best thing I've ever done. four posts will be all that is there forever, forevermore. Well, hey. Uh, Thanks for listening, <laughs> dear fan. We appreciate you. Yeah. Merry Christmas. And you can follow us on the internet. We are on uh, Facebook at facebook.com slash bookrecordbeerpodcast. We're on Twitter at bookrecordbeer. And we're on uh, Apple and SoundCloud and wherever you listen to podcasts. So make sure you give us a rating and tell your friends. Get that buckskin jacket with the fringe. <laughs> <laughs>